0: Because they got a retender, haven't they, in the summer. Do you think any of those six could potentially lose their license altogether? In my opinion, not. But um, definitely
1: they can still continue to do their business. But mm. not the junkets, uh, not
0: like before anymore. But in 10 years' time, the the risk is that the value of that business could go down to zero. So how, how do you value the stocks?
1: Well, I, I may not believe that it will go down to zero and I still believe that they can continue to do the business they can uh, renew their license but yes definitely when if we have to price in the risk and also regulatory risk is always the top risk I did mention a uh, half year ago mm-hmm. and um, definitely for casino operator in, in Macau they're facing th- this kind of risk so we cannot give so skyrocket high PE multiple like before mm-hmm. and um Amongst most of the casino stocks, um, um, Galaxy may be my top pick, but um, I I may not buy it at this current level because the share price already rebounded quite significantly.
0: Okay, thank you very much. We have there Dickie Wong, Head of Research at Kingston Securities. Mike Michelson, Chairman of the Asia CEO Forum at IMA Asia, and our international economics correspondent, Barry Woods. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Asian stock markets are on the slide following the big falls on Wall Street overnight. The ASX 200 in Australia is down 0.7%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan is off 1.6%. The Cosby in South Korea down about a third of a percent. Uh, Looks like the Hang Seng is going to open about 30 points lower later on this morning. A lot of uh, activity in the commodities markets as well. Brent crude oil pretty flat at $86.56 a barrel. Gold is trading at $1,814 an ounce. And that's it for me this morning. Uh, Do please join me again tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. Back chats coming up after the news with Janice Wong and Anna Fenton. The weather forecast for today, cool in the morning, sunny periods during the day, maximum temperature of around 20 degrees, and then sunny periods tomorrow with a few rain patches on Friday and Saturday. Temperature right now is 15 degrees, 73% relative humidity. It's
2: 8.32. Here's Andrew Sharofsky with the half-hour news. The government has decided to put down about 2,000 hamsters and small animals, although no literature exists showing that pets can transmit COVID-19 to humans. The move comes after some animals at a pet shop were found to have the coronavirus. A worker and customer at the Little Boss shop in Causeway Bay have come down with COVID. Officials say 11 hamster samples from the shop tested positive, as did some environmental samples taken from the chain's warehouse in tai Po. The founder of the Hong Kong Animal Law and Protection Organization, Kim McCoy, questioned the government's decision. To me, it's rather reckless to have made such a drastic decision without actually ascertaining or figuring out whether these animals pose a real risk. My issue and my uh, concerns really are that if, if we start with hamsters and chinchillas and rabbits now, when will we stop? The government says it hasn't found any COVID-19 cases after three overnight lockdowns in Aberdeen. Lychikak like and Tungchung ended this morning. Kasing House Lung Court on Tinwan Pryor Road in Aberdeen was one of the buildings locked down. A 67-year-old woman who visited the Little Boss Pet Shop in Causeway Bay and has since been confirmed with COVID lives there. The other buildings locked down were Mei Fusanchun Phase 3 and Monterey Cove Tower 1 in Caribbean Coast Phase 1 in Dongchung. About 2,100 people were tested in the three operations. The technology giant Microsoft says it will buy the maker of video games such as Call of Duty for almost 70 billion U.S. dollars. The takeover of Activision Blizzard is the biggest deal ever by the company founded by Bill Gates. The BBC's Jonathan Josephs reports. With almost 400 million players across
0: the world, the company offers Microsoft a huge pool of new customers. The tech giant already has a big presence in gaming thanks to its Xbox console, but this deal will allow it to better compete with its main rival, the Sony PlayStation. It comes despite activism facing a string of negative headlines about a toxic workplace culture and claims of sexual harassment. Microsoft clearly believes that despite that, the quality of games it's buying will take it to the next level.
2: New Zealand and Australia have dispatched warships carrying vital water and other supplies to Tonga, which, it has, which has suffered an unprecedented disaster after being hit by a tsunami triggered by a volcanic eruption on Saturday. The Tongan government says all the houses on one less populated island were destroyed, on another just two remain standing. Three people are confirmed dead. 200 volunteers have been working with shovels and wheelbarrows to clear ash from the Pacific Kingdom's main airport runway to allow aid flights to land. That's the news from RTHK.
3: Good morning, and welcome to Back Chat with Anna Fenton and me, Janice Wong. Good morning, Anna. Good morning, everybody. Today we're talking about the pandemic's impact on the environment and the potential health risk of a common chemical compound used in food packaging and paper products. Early in the pandemic, we all saw them: pictures of clear blue skies in normally smoggy cities—an unintended byproduct of the pandemic and the widespread shutdown of industry across the globe. But as the world adapts to COVID, the bad air has returned. A new study has found concentrations of pollutants here in Hong Kong increased by up to 12% last year, mostly due to the low base of comparison. Still, things were better in 2021 compared with pre-pandemic years. So is there any way to make the few positives brought by COVID-19 last? Is the environment going to suffer further as the world slowly moves past the pandemic? After 9:50. A.m., we'll speak to a professor who found that a chemical compound called BPS that was touted as a safe alternative to its more unstable cousin BPA may itself increase cancer risk and spur breast cancer growth. Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk or just give us a call on 233-88266. Now to kick off our discussion this morning, we have on the line Dr. Kenneth Leung, Assistant Director for Air Policy at the Environmental Protection Department. And also on the line, we have Patrick Fung, the Chief Executive Officer of Clean Air Network. Good morning to the both of you. And uh, thanks for joining us on the program. Um, let's uh, first start with you, Mr. Fung. Um, Clean Air Network carried out the study I just mentioned in my introduction. Um, can you first tell us how bad the air was last year compared to uh, the year in um, 2020?
4: Um, compared to year 2020, air pollution level in 2021 rebounded uh, for a percentage uh, at a range uh, from 3% to 12%, depends on the uh, air pollutant. But then, uh, when we compare it to the World Health Organization's uh, recommended safe level, uh, levels of certain pollutants exceed that uh, health uh, standard by uh, over 600%. Uh, for example, the uh, nitrogen dioxide.
5: And, and what's the source of the nitrogen dioxide?
4: Uh, one of the key uh, emission sources in Hong Kong uh, for that pollutant is the road vehicle. So basically um, the uh, heavy-duty goods and passenger vehicles on the road, the bus, trucks, lorries, uh, taxis, and minibuses.
5: Okay, so are we talking particulates? Are we talking the type of thing that really affects small children because they're breathing in at the level of exhaust fumes, or are we talking about smaller particles that rise up in the air?
4: Um, Actually, uh, for uh, the pollutants, uh, from the road vehicle Uh, all of these uh, are included so uh, we're talking about nitrogen dioxide which is a a gaseous uh, pollutant and then there are other solid particles that um, I think uh, most of us have heard about the PM 2.5 or the PM 10 so these are the um, uh, air pollutants typically uh, emitted uh, by the road vehicle but aside from that the ship ship vessels as well as uh, power generation uh, also emit some of these uh, uh, pollutants. Also, the uh, pollutant from the uh, regional level, so uh, for example, the southern China, would also affect the air quality
3: of Hong Kong. Dr Leung, do you agree with Mr Fung's assessment? Hello?
6: Changes. Hi, you can hear me? Yes, right. I can hear you. Thanks. Uh, I, I would say that we, we should not analyse the air quality data in between years. I mean, you compare one year with another just uh, uh, one year afterward, because 2020 is an abnormal year. And a lot of activity has been reduced due to the pandemic. And, uh, in fact, if you look at our long-term trend, and this is how universally around the world we should, we should adopt this approach to look at the annual average variations. And in fact, since 2010, the past 11 years, most of the air pollution has been reduced by 31 to 55%. Now, when you look at the changes between 2020 and 2021, the change could be related to, to reduce the reduced activity in 2020, as well as the variation in meteorological factors. Because the number of typhoon we encounter every year will change our air pollution level as well. So, uh, I would suggest that uh, in future we should look at the long-term trend. Of course, the short-term trend or variation is something we need to take care of as well, but it should not be used as an uh, assessment tool for the improvement trend.
5: Uh, wh- why not? I mean, you know, going from exceptionally bad to very bad, is that, does that get us off the hook?
6: I'll think about it. 2019, 2019 that year, uh, we have probably, just in the remote area of Moon, 50 days of ozone exceedance. And then 2020, it dropped to 20, less than 20 days. And then 2021, it rebounds to just over 20 days. So this kind of fluctuation over a year is something we could not control because it's due to the meteorological factor. Now, well, you and also you mean for the 2020, we know that it is an exceptional year due to the pandemic. We should not use that as a reference as well. As compared to 2019, if you compare 2021 with 2019, we have significant reductions. This is just counting as a normal year.
5: But we have so, two years to look at now because we have two years of pandemic. So surely that has some statistical relevance.
6: No, <laughs> I will object this. Uh, The pandemic in 2020 uh, is impact much more severe, especially to the Greater Bay Area. Virtually the first half year was stagnant. But last year in Hong Kong, as well as the GBA, virtually back to normal. So the activities level is totally different. So when you look at uh, uh, pollutions level, we have three factors the actual emission strength of individual activities, and then the actual activity levels. If you have higher activity levels, that means you have higher emissions. The third factor is meteorological conditions. So each year has different uh, meteorological dig- uh, uh, conditions that will vary. So that's why we have to look at all these factors together in order to put in... Uh,
4: May I in uh, here, please? Yes, Patrick. So, um, yeah, Dr. Deng. Uh, over the past uh, seven to eight years, I think uh, the society has acknowledged that the air pollution has been on an improvement trend. But then uh, we also see that uh, since uh, 2018 onwards, so there are like uh, four years uh, from now, the scale of improvement has been reduced. So this is another uh, area that uh, we feel uh, 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 the society should be wary of. Uh, so how
6: do you respond to that? Well, uh, since 20. Uh, 13 and 14, we introduced a number of emission reduction measures, Uh, in particular the vehicle uh, reduction measures, the diesel vehicle replacement program we put in place since 2014. That actually takes out 80,000 dirty diesel vehicles from the street. And that program finished in 2020. And that's why uh, you may see that the, the change is actually slowed down. Uh, since 2018 onward because we removed the most of the dirty vehicles in the initial few years. However, we expected with this trend will pick up again because we uh, already rolled out another diesel replacement program and uh, to replace 40,000 Euro 4 standard diesel vehicle from the street. So we expected in the next few years the same we- improvement trend will continue.
3: Mr. Fung, I, I just want to go back to a point that uh, Dr. Leung made earlier that uh, when he said uh, it's not fair to compare um, one year to another year when it comes to air pollution, uh, what's your response to that?
4: Um, I think uh, at, at a certain level, um, the um, uh, when, when we say uh, year 2020 is a uh, special year and then uh, uh, some may argue that year 2019 was actually another uh, special year due to the social movement, right? So I think uh, the year-to-year uh, comparison would also be one of the indicators. But then I also agree that if we look at the long-term trend, it may uh, be uh, of a and another good rabbit as well. And that's why my question to Dr. Lin, uh would be on a longer-term uh, uh, perspective. Uh, why and then how we're going to improve that uh, in the uh, coming years. But then it is uh, quite worrying to see the improvement trend has been reduced since uh, year 2018 onwards. And then if we look at uh, uh, not only local uh, air pollutants, but then the regional pollutants, the ozone, it has been on a rising trend for many years now. Uh, Year 2021 was actually uh, the second highest uh, over the last 20 years. And this is some of the um, uh, aspects that I think the society should be aware of.
5: So if we just take local areas such as Tung Chung and uh, Yuen Long and that basin which is very much affected by the airport, what do we see there given the dramatic reduction in air traffic in the last two years?
4: I think in general the um, air pollution, Uh, level has been reduced, uh, as you mentioned, uh, due to some of the activity reduction, uh, uh, mainly from the um, uh, air flight. But then uh, if you look at uh, Dongchong area, it is also affected by the regional um, uh, air pollution. So uh, specifically uh, the ozone level and then the PM2.5 and PM10, I think at Dongchong, it is um, uh, for many years now uh, have been affected by uh, both regional and local uh, emission sources.
5: So, are we saying that what we do in Hong Kong is actually irrelevant because we're so much impacted by the um, by the regional effects and by the winds?
4: Uh, Certainly not. Uh, The local air pollution, uh, the local uh, air pollution sources. uh, There are a lot of things that we can do to reduce, uh, for example, the road uh, vehicle emission sources. For example, transition to new energy uh, uh, vehicles, and then the ship emissions. uh, We understand that Hong Kong has been a very busy. Uh, uh, ship uh, activity port, uh in uh, the southern China and in the region as well. And these are two areas that we could work on. But then can, also- can I just
5: stop you on the shipping? This is the biggest lie of all time. It's easy to stop emissions or cull emissions from ships. Just slow them down.
6: And may I uh, comment a little bit?
3: Yes, go, go ahead, uh, Dr. Lung.
6: I go back, to, I think Anna just asked, uh, is, is it really irrelevant that Hong Kong reduce our own uh, pollution emissions? I would say no, because uh, for uh, nitrogen oxide, uh, this pollution is mainly a local problem. So as Patrick already mentioned, it came from uh, the vehicle emissions. And so we have to imp- reduce our vehicle emissions definitely in the long term. So as I mentioned, the the diesel vehicle replacement program is already in place. And also the government has made a lot of efforts to electrify our vehicle fleet. So the $2 billion that we invested to help the local people to uh, electrify or to build the EV chargers at home is an important step that actually boosts up the uh, the number of EV in Hong Kong in the future. So and also, uh, we already set the roadmap. Before twenty thirty five, we will stop the first registrations of any combustion vehicles in Hong Kong.
5: But but so, but, but, but can I just stop you there? This is another right. illusion, isn't it? It's robbing Peter to pay Paul. All those electric car chargers plug into the grid, which is fired by coal fired power stations. How does uh, that
6: uh, well, improve? Ben, do you know how how much coal? With the percentage of coal we're using in Hong Kong?
5: Uh, no, I don't, but any is too much. You don't. Now,
6: uh, previously, we used 50% coal and 25% gas and 25% uh, nuclear. Right now, we already changed the fuel mix. Only 25% coal and 50% natural gas and 25% nuclear. Actually, we set up a date by 2035, no more coal plants in Hong Kong. So we're already changing our power generation to cleaner fuel. And furthermore, in our uh, climate action plan 2050 released last year, we set a target that even power plant has to be carbon zero. So you can see that that is the blueprint for future. And by reducing the amount of uh, fossil fuel usage in Hong Kong, we'll definitely improve our air quality, not just Hong Kong, uh, in mainland China, they're doing the same thing. So I would expect the whole GBA area will improve in the next 10 years. That's why the thing that uh, Patrick just worried about uh, will be taken off. May I make sh- a comment here,
4: please?
3: Yes, sure, sure, sure.
4: So uh, I, I think it might be um, helpful uh, for society to understand that. So um, on one way, the uh, power generation uh, has been heading to an uh, even lower Uh, uh, pollution level, that is a good thing. But then, uh, on the other hand, uh, on the road transport side, it is uh, just not enough to uh, only transform the private vehicles' emissions. We also need a plan from the government to lead some of the um, responsibility, for example, building infrastructure, providing financial incentive for the commercial vehicles and then the uh, public transport. So these are um, uh, the two uh, uh, vehicle types that emit uh, less,
6: uh, much of the pollution level in the uh, urban areas. Uh, yes, uh, Patrick, as you know, that we already have a new energy transport fund uh, put in place to help the commercial trade, if vehicle trade, to migrate their fleet to electric vehicles versions. And the, the difficulties in Hong Kong is to find the right kind uh, or models of. Heavy-duty vehicles suitable for the operations in Hong Kong, and uh, this is so many people try to compare our application, like buses, with other uh, other countries. But our buses application is unique in the world, and our size and the number of passengers we carry, the air-conditioned demand in our buses is much higher than any cities in the world. That's why we need a specially designed. A uh, double-decker buses for Hong Kong, and that will happen in the next few years. And once that became successful, the fleet could be migrated subsequently. So, uh, what Patrick suggested in your in your in your uh, press release, it has been taken care of in our blueprint, and we actually put in efforts to make this happen. And oh. other type of public transport, like public uh, light like buses, taxis. We are testing out the EV version as well. So hoping that in the next few years, we'll see successful results. And then by 2025, we could set out a much clearer EV roadmap for all transportation in Hong Kong.
3: All right, uh, Dr. Leung, I know you have to go. Uh, Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Dr. Kenneth Leung, Assistant Director for Air Policy at the Environmental Protection Department. Um, So, Mr. Fung, so far from what you've been saying, um, anti-COVID measures have, to an extent, helped to improve air quality. But at the same time, these measures have also created uh, other environmental problems. There is uh, more waste from the use of masks, disinfectant wipes, single-use plastic from takeaways. Um, Mr. Fung, what's your observation of the waste problem that has stemmed from the pandemic?
4: Well, obviously, um, I, I think waste will continue to be a problem for Hong Kong, um, unless uh, the society aware that we need a para- paradigm shift. So right now, I think it is the time to talk about uh, what uh, might be uh, a good uh, behaviour change or policy change for a compact city like Hong Kong. So uh, if we go back to uh, air quality issue, we see a lot of uh, other global cities are taking up uh, ambitious measures to try to encourage their citizens uh, to take active transport, for example, uh, more um, friendly uh, walkable environment, um, more uh, friendly biking environment, that uh, would uh, achieve both purposes of uh, uh, commuting convenience as well, uh, as the uh, uh, general public health or uh, well-being goals. But then in Hong Kong, I think that discussion has been lacking for some time since uh, 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 the start of the uh, pandemic. And then it is the time to really think about it, especially uh, when we are going to have uh, the new administration of the Hong Kong government. So uh, the top uh, agenda for uh, the new administration should be to look at how the public health Uh, could be achieved through multiple means, uh, not only environmental science, but also uh, on transport, uh, urban planning as well.
3: All right. Uh, to, to talk about, uh, to talk more about the waste problem uh, from uh, that has resulted from the COVID pandemic, um, let's now bring in an environmentalist, uh, Helga von Turnot, a senior advisor of ADM Capital Foundation. Good morning, Helga. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Um, so we all know there is more plastic waste produced during the pandemic, but but how bad is it?
7: Well, if we first go by pure observations that all of us can have uh, when we're out in the city, out on the trail and going about our daily lives. There is clearly an uptake in um, some very necessary uh, necessary uses of plastic around um, hygiene, uh, especially in medical settings and quarantine settings. Um, so the, the uptake of PPE is something that nobody will, uh, will discuss. Um, as a, as an, or you know, something that that ought to be reduced. Um, obviously, here in Hong Kong, we've been carry, uh, wearing masks, personal masks, uh, diligently for a number of years now, um, and the uptake of uh, fabric alternatives, which over the past years would have been largely adequate. Um, especially if uh, care is taken, that we have masks with uh, with filters uh, inside, for example, um, has not been very strong uh, here in Hong Kong. Come, uh, added to that is that the, um, the use of other plastic objects has um, been increasing because of COVID. So there's always been a propensity towards um, strong levels of hygiene, for example, when eating out, uh, what lots of restaurants have reported is that uh, their customers really insist on having single-use um, chopsticks, single-use uh, utensils, for example. And you see especially if, if uh, restaurants that uh, normally or s- are still actually use uh, reusable cups and, and bowls, for example, will nevertheless um, use single-use uh, cups and um uh, sorry, I said bowls and plates. Yeah, uh, we'll single use single use cups and uh, utensils and chopsticks. So I think, um, other than the medical, the pure medical uh, needs, there's an excess or exurbation of um, sorry exacerbation of um, the use of of plastic items um, because of uh, the, the, the habits that we already have here in Hong Kong, um, being reinforced by COVID. There, there's also a reflection of that, as I said, in the restaurants that that want to do good by their customers, um, and even you would see that there's there's not necessarily an alignment between in the international chains, for example, an alignment between the local operations and their um, uh, international operations, where some of the coffee shops, for example, international coffee shops would have gone back to uh, using. Uh, Porcelain cups on site, and accepting BYO, so bring your own cup. Whereas local um, franchisees um, uh, have not gone back to doing that. So there's a, a number of, of um, items that uh, have have increased um, where we already had the propensity and, and and are not doing more of it. Another item is uh, is obviously the takeout, uh, something that I've been working on in the past year. Uh, as well, but um, if you look at uh, takeout food, but also uh, home delivery of groceries and non grocery products, that has gone quite through the roof um, here in Hong Kong over, during COVID. Already in 2020, for example, KPMG reported that. Um, sorry, sorry, Helga, I just uh-huh. have to uh, cut you off there for a
3: moment. I have a message here on our Facebook page. I don't know. Um, Mr. Feng. maybe you can help me answer this before we have to take a short break for the uh, news summary. It's from John. He says, long-term burning fossil fuel needs to stop, but the bus and ferry companies are now buying new diesel vehicles and ships, which means Hong Kong will be burning dirty diesel for decades ahead. Why? That's uh, from John.
4: Um, I, I think firstly, uh, uh, we, we need uh, the government to really uh, shoulder up some of the uh, uh, responsibilities so that the operator will find this um, uh, a viable option to transit uh, to the new energy mode of uh, vehicle, uh, for example, the bus fleet. But then I agree that uh, uh, if the bus operator continues to invest on diesel basis, uh, this is not a uh, sustainable option because uh, manufacturers out there, uh, uh, in other parts of the world, they, are um, uh, just, um, uh, uh, begin the, uh, process of, uh, shifting their manufacturing, uh, to, uh, new energy, um, uh, sources, um, uh, uh, vehicles. So there will right, be, um, uh, more vehicles for diesel.
3: All right, uh, Mr. Fung, we have to take a short break for the news summary. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's Patrick Fung, the Chief Executive Officer of Clean Air Network. And Helga will continue our discussion after the news when we will be joined by Gary Stokes, the founder of Oceans Asia. And uh, just a quick look at the weather. Cool in the morning, sunny periods later with a maximum temperature of around 20 degrees. Right now it's 15 degrees, relative humidity 73%.
4: um, And they're also carrying a lot of uh, potable water as well.
2: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
3: Welcome back. This is Back Chat on a Wednesday morning with Anna Fenton and me, Janice Wong. We're talking about the COVID pandemic's impact on the environment. If you want to comment or ask questions, you can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3, email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233 Still with us on the program is environmentalist Helga von Turnot. Also joining us now is Gary Stokes, the co-founder of Oceans Asia. Good morning to you, Gary good morning. Thanks for joining us on the program. Um, So Gary in the first half of the program we talked about uh, Clean Air Network's new study that shows that air quality has worsened last year because of more relaxed social distancing measures and we also talked about the amount of plastic waste generated during the pandemic with um, Helga. Now I I know you released a report back in 2020 which estimated that our oceans would be flooded with um, 1.56 billion face masks in just uh, that year alone and uh, it's uh, the year 2022 now and the pandemic is still going on do you have a new estimate
8: um yeah well i mean it, it's still literally carrying on um and we're still seeing masks on every single beach we go to every single rocky outcrop even when i'm just out on the boat we're just finding them just a randomly floating past through on the ocean um so yeah i mean it's 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 not got any better for sure um, has it got any worse? I'm not so sure. Um, I think it's probably about the same level at the moment.
5: And people are so thoughtless, Gary, aren't they? They don't break the strings so that they couldn't get entangled in a bird's beak or a um, water. Well, rug. I mean, it,
8: yeah, I've seen all these uh, sort of things about the entanglement and things. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's more a question of they shouldn't even really be getting there. Um, um, and, and how do they get there is also the big question um, a lot of the times it is accidental dropping and things like that where they just fall out of your pocket when you're reaching for your wallet when you're running for the bus or something like that and then they get blown into the ocean um, but other times they are actually genuinely being thrown in and uh, we see lots of these ones bundled up with the strings actually wrapped around them like a little nugget um, people sort of think they're doing the, the right thing with that but um I mean, that would be perfect blockage material for anything like a turtle or a, a dolphin or a porpoise if that gets into their, uh, their airway.
5: So how do we create um, community, a sense of community responsibility in Hong Kong? Because I, I live on Lantau and I observe there's a massive increase in the amounts of camping and hiking. Now, that nothing wrong with that, but all too often we see people walk off leaving the entire camping set up behind them, including the tent on the beach. Yeah. Including the barbecue with the food, with the brand new barbecue forks and the barbecue mesh. They just leave it and walk away or else just take it as far as the bin and leave it in the approximate area of the bin and the next thing you come by and the cattle are busy eating it.
8: It's, it, it, it's, it, it's beyond belief how people want to get out of the city, get out and enjoy nature and then just trash it. Um, and yeah, you're right. I mean, I've seen that in so many locations on remote beaches where people go down, they have a campsite, they have the barbecue, and they just leave the tent. I mean, <laughs> that just says how cheap some of these materials are coming. Well, I think We can actually buy a tent and just dump it and just leave it rather than carry it home. Um,
7: Helga, did you have something to say? Yeah, I mean, that's a bit the, the festival mindset, right? It's a, an issue that they see increasingly at the large music festivals around the world is that people can actually afford, to to buy material and leave it behind um, and are not conscientious enough to 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 take it with them, so it's a it's a double uh, double issue there. Uh, items are too cheap, and um, nobody feels responsible for what we um, purchase uh, anymore. I think there's a, a third element uh, in what you mentioned about the the camping. Um, a lot of the public facilities have been closed for a very very long time. And so, whereas uh, in the past, a lot of the camping, um, especially with people for people with less experience, would have been on government campgrounds that have facilities for waste management, that have facilities for, um, for or make sure that the, the tents are in an area that, are, that is not damaging to the environment. Those facilities are closed right now. If you look in Puo, for example, the, the government campground is closed, so everybody's camping out on the wetland um, it's completely irresponsible, but it's, people want to be out, and there is no place for them uh, for them to go. So it's enormously damaging to the ecosystem, uh, short term and long term. But people will go outside, and it's a good thing as well that people want to go out, right? I mean, in, in the the I think the uh, number of people visitors to the country parks has gone up by 10% again. It's a great thing because it also makes people aware that the parks exist, that we should be investing in them etc but it does need to be coupled with better education and better personal responsibility for sure
8: yeah I mean I I live obviously in Discovery Bay and um, what we're seeing now I mean even more so now with these lockdowns um, with everybody at 6 o'clock got nothing to do there's big parties going on up on the the North Plaza beaches there's tents left there um, you know overnight well over a course of a week there's been some tents just dropped there So, yeah, I mean, these are all the effects of the the pandemic, I mean, obviously. Um, But uh, it's just, yeah, it boggles my mind to try to think what people are actually thinking about this.
7: There's some other infrastructure uh, effects. For example, a lot of the water fountains have been closed. It depends a bit on the the government service, uh, government agency, which ones are closed and which ones are not. If these water fountains would all have been uh, or be upgraded the high-quality ones that are specifically for filling bottles, uh, like here downstairs uh, from the studio, there's uh, some nice ones here in the lobby of the, of the government buildings. Um, if we would have that everywhere, um, then people would not feel as compelled to bring bottled water, for example. Um, we, we also were, were keeping people from making the right choice.
5: So, Gary, what does it take to change um, public awareness and inject a sense of responsibility into them?
8: Uh, if I had the answer to that question, I think we'd, we'd, <laughs> we'd, we'd, have, we'd have done it a long time ago. Persistence. Um, it really is... Um, it, 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 it's almost like, well, with single-use plastic, I sort of start seeing it almost like kids who can't play properly with a toy. You need to take it away from them. Um, when it comes to single-use plastic because you know, if we can't if we can't handle it and we can't use it Properly, and we can't be responsible for it. We need to have somebody almost take it away um, or, or put levies on or things like that just to make it more um, the mindset of avoiding single-use plastic um, I mean, I remember seeing a, a really good article and it was in a uh, university Uh, in the UK where they were, they used to add, you know, um, they were reducing the cost of a coffee if you use single use. And then what they decided was they would actually say, no, if you use single use, we'll add add to the price of the coffee. And as soon as they did that, everybody started bringing their own cups. So it's just finding those little nuances that are gonna really hit somebody. And it's normally when it comes to the pocketbook.
5: But in Hong Kong, how do you persuade places like Pret to you to, to let you use your own container because of COVID rules? They won't let you bring your own cup.
8: Co- yes, I mean, <laughs> that needs to, I believe, come from the government or from um, FEHD. They actually need to, uh, you know, really um, sanction that. They, they're the ones who have obviously instructed these companies not to allow um, reusables or, you know, bring your own containers so that really needs to come from
7: the top i'm not so sure that's that's a legal issue though i think if you look here in hong kong specifically then you see quite a big disparity between the independent coffee shops independent restaurants and the larger chains uh, with the independents being much more open and willing to, to adopt their standard operating procedures and accept for example byo and keep doing that a lot of times, um, there's there's legal issues for them internally. Uh, so larger companies won't want to take the risk. So they're they rather shut down everything, uh, any any program like that. Um, and I think pressure through the through headquarters or through um, some of their other operations might be more effective. Also, just the consumers indicating consistently that they want BYO to return, that they want the reusable cups to return. In addition, um, some research that uh, Plastic-Free Seas had been supporting also showed that um, it's not for coffee shops, for example, specifically. Uh, it's not so much the financial incentive uh, that helped, but also very much so the, the behaviour of the staff, uh, the information that was given spontaneously to and consistently to uh, consumers. That made a difference in whether people were picking up on on, on the BYO idea or on the you know local uh, sorry on site um, reusable cups. Um, yeah, and you I see mean, that very I much. It's One of the large chains here in Hong Kong, they they do offer the porcelain cups again. They will not offer it to you spontaneously. They will only give it to you if you no, uh, ask for it, and nobody knows that they're offering it, so nobody's asking for it. Okay. I so mean,
8: I I own a restaurant in Hong in in Discovery Bay. And at the very, very beginning, yes, we did all get information from the government saying, do not
7: use Mm, um,
8: and do not accept. Um, I accept it now. Um, I let people bring in their own containers. But yes, when it comes to legalities, I think some of these big corporates are just uh, in fear of Mm -hmm. breaking and breaching government regulations. That's why I say that it needs to come from... The government, and you know, just a, a, even just a simple memo that I seem to be getting memos from the government every two, or three days. <laughs> updates from FEHD. So you know, for them, just to put one out to say yes, uh, you can accept it so long as it's you know under whatever. But at the moment, everybody's in fear of making a decision. It seems. Uh, I'm not
7: sure how how quickly that's going to happen, though, because even on the topic of recycling, the the plastics that come out of your hotel quarantine room. Uh, even when you're all in the clear after your 21 days, government is still suggesting right now to not recycle those uh, those containers. So um, I'm not sure how uh, progressive we're gonna be on that topic.
3: All right, uh, I have a message here on our Facebook page and it's from uh, TC. He, he wants to know more about uh, water pollution, I guess. He, he says um, he wants to know um, about uh, the amount of PPEs, um, not just masks that have entered into our waters. Um, Gary, do you have any idea? Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting
8: because or... even since the very beginning of the pandemic, um, especially when we, we you know when we broke the story back in February 2020, um, we had loads of media outlets all over the world contacting us about you know what about gloves, what about the you know all the other parts of PPE. In Hong Kong, it seems to really be just the masks. I mean, not so many people are actually using gloves. Um, I was very surprised I haven't seen as many sanitizer bottles. Um I thought that was going to be a major major um you know thing that we were going to start suddenly seeing on the beaches but we haven't there are some obviously but there's plenty um, in the parks in the, not in the level yeah know.
7: But I think the gloves are more related to to institutional use, and we do have a de- uh, you know a, a good waste management uh, system in Hong Kong, and that very little of what gets collected ever ends up in the environment. Right? It's not like some other countries in in Southeast Asia where you already have leakage uh, from that point. But the problem well, with the masks is that very often they do not end up in a, uh, a waste collection point. The people are careless as they are with packaging for cereal bars for example or with uh, beverage bottles they're they're careless about um, about where uh, that material ends up
8: you know in places like the US a lot of people were actually using um, latex gloves and they were finding them on the streets and in car parks and things like that the same as we were seeing masks they were seeing masks and latex gloves all over the place so um, but yeah we haven't used that we've just used the sanitizer approach and uh, so I, mean, I guess that's, in one way it's just a reduction in plastic, but it's not because we're using all these little plastic bottles.
5: Mm. It's my observation that less people are obsessed with hand sanitizer and more hand washing and masks is going on. Is that your observation, Helga?
7: Well, hand washing is a better option than hand sanitizer. Um, if, if if given the option, if you have access to a sink and, and, and soap, then it's absolutely better than using the sanitizer. Um, so that, that is a good, uh, a good development. I would say here in Hong Kong there's still a very high um, concern with surfaces, probably unnecessarily so. Um, I, I think in, in, in other countries governments have given guidance that surfaces are not the source of, um, of, of contamination. I'm not sure here in Hong Kong what the, what the latest is from government on this. But, um, but again, to back to my earlier point, that plays into something that we're already doing in Hong Kong anyway, which is we insist on very clean surfaces. And now with COVID, you know the the, the level of cleaning our desks, cleaning our, our door handles, et cetera has only uh, increased. And my, my concern around the use of um, all of these cleaning agents is also simply the, um, the level of antimicrobial resistance, which is an issue around the world, and we should really not uh, not to more cleaning than is uh, absolutely necessary. All right, I've just got one more message here.
3: It's from Les. Um, She says, hygiene is a major concern. How does an operator ensure that BYO containers are cleaned properly by the customer? The risk of potential cross-contamination is huge. If there is an outbreak of food poisoning, how does that impact a business? You need to be aware of all the back-end costs. And uh, that's from Les. Uh, Gary, you own a
5: restaurant. What do you reckon to that?
8: Um, well, obviously, it depends on where and how you transfer the food into their containers. I um, quite often we'll actually bring the they'll bring the containers to to the restaurant. We don't even take them in the kitchen for starters. Um, so we'll actually you know bring them out and, and they'll put them into their own containers themselves. Um, So, you know, it's the same as if they were coming in and having it off of a a plate and dining in, they would have the same. So that's how we avoid cross-contamination. We let the customers put it into their their own food containers when they bring them in, rather than us uh, put them into a takeaway, disposable, um, and then shipping it out.
3: All right, uh, Gary, we'll have to leave it here for now. Um, Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Gary Stokes, the co-founder of Oceans Asia. Also many thanks to environmentalist Helga von Turnot, who is a senior advisor of ADM Capital Foundation. It's now 19 minutes past nine, and it's time to turn to our final topic today. And that's on the potential health risk of bisphenol S or BPS a common chemical found using used in food packaging and paper products. To tell us more, we're joined on the line now by Professor Chai Zhongwei, Chair Professor of the Department of Chemistry at the Baptist University. Good morning, Professor Chai. Thanks for joining us on the program.
9: Good morning, everyone.
3: So, um, so what did your, you find uh, out from your study?
9: At, uh, our study find out that uh, the BPS exposure to the mouse model we have used to study the toxicity, especially the breast cancer or breast tumour. We can promote the tumour when the BPS was pro- exposed to the certain mouse model.
5: So the mouse model, um, I, I hear you, can you just explain a bit more of the background to this? Because I think the two, 2019 studies showed that the problem with BPS was that it, as, as in common with many of these endocrine inhibitors, was that it caused obesity in children and a speeding up of development of children. So why did you guys focus on breast cancer, for example, when there are other um, negative connotations of BPS?
9: Yes. Yes. Uh... And that particular chem- chemical actually is the replacement of BPA that is widely used in our society as a chemical in a routine daily life. And the BPS study is no uh, a lot right now in terms of its toxicity. But what you mentioned is correct, there are some obesity data. What we are interested in is, is his endocrine disrupting effects because the BPS is the replacement of BPA, like I said. And BPA has been found to create the problem with the breast tumor and breast cancer. And therefore, with the hypothesis, we found the structure similar of BPS as the BPA, and also it's used as a replacement of BPA. And we designed the study to study the breast uh, tumor and breast cancer.
5: Okay, now you've done it on mice. Of course, that's no uh, actual substitute for a human trial. So is there any plan to actually test humans?
9: Uh, actually, we, had, we have already uh, tested some human, uh, uh, human breast tissue. Uh, in the paper, we already reported data. But at this moment, the human breast cancer tissue is only used to confirm our animal model result. It doesn't have the mechanism study in terms of the breast cancer promotion. So you are right, the next step, we, we, we will collaborate with the hospital to study human breast cancer tissue in a more intensively way.
3: So, uh, Professor Chai, I, I'm, I'm looking at your um, research right now. And I, okay. Does it mean, I mean, does it mean that a, a low dosage of um, BPS uh, would cause uh, faster tumor growth? Is that what your study shows?
9: Yes, the, the so-called low-dose is environmental relevant uh, level. Uh, it's the normal exposure level in animal and human. Uh, and that is the uh, level many studies have found with uh, a significant toxicity to an animal and human. Uh, we call it 10 microgram per kilogram uh, animal body. And then we design that low Uh, dose exposure with a high dose exposure, that is uh, 10 times of the low uh, dose uh, level. So we found, yeah, the tumor was grow up uh, in terms of the size and weight uh, after the 10 microgram per kilogram exposure for uh, several weeks compared to our control group. uh, but the, the high dose uh, animals has also promotion of the breast uh, tumor, but the size and weight are smaller than the low dose.
3: I just want to um, clarify what low dosage is. I mean, is drinking from a plastic bottle made of a BPS considered low dosage?
9: And uh, that is no uh, relevant. And low dose means uh, what we study generally in animal and human we found in their blood and urine sample uh, at 10 microgram per kilogram. That is uh, what I said. Uh, This level is usually used for the toxicity study in animal and human. Uh, When we drink uh, a bottle of water, uh, it may not have that high level uh, when you drink only one bottle. Uh, but uh, the chemical usually can be accumulated in the body. So if we drink uh, uh, the, the plastic bottled uh, water uh, every day with some or uh, multiple bottles a day, and that may accumulate the BPA or BPS in the human body.
5: So, Professor, um, could you just remind us the sources of this, please? I understand it's tin cans with a plastic lining and uh, liquid containers with this plastic lining and also plastic food
3: containers. Is that correct?
9: Yes, correct.
3: And, and it, it can also be found, I mean, I've just read somewhere that it can also be found on shopping receipts.
9: Yes. Uh, actually, the BPA-BPS is the thermal sensitive paper uh, material. It has been widely used in, uh, in the printing of receipt, especially with the uh, thermal effect such as in a uh, supermarket or restaurant. Uh, The level of the BVA or BVS is quite high on the thermal paper in terms of the receipt. Uh, So uh, we should avoid uh, touching the receipt uh, if we go to the supermarket and also go to the restaurant.
5: Because we can absorb it through the skin?
9: It can be, but... uh, uh, the more absorption would be uh, through the mouth and eyes, uh, that kind of organ. Uh, the skin absorption is not so intensive, but I w- would advise that we always watch the hand after the thermal uh, received.
5: So we would breathe it in, because I don't imagine you rub your eyes with the restaurant receipt.
9: <laughs> yes, uh, I think I, I would I would uh, watch hand after the- uh, touch name.
3: Okay, and uh, your your study uh, focused on uh, breast cancer. What about other cancers? Do you think uh, BPS would have a, a similar effect?
9: Uh, n- n- there are some other studies uh, indicating the BPA has reduced the liver dysfunction or liver fiber For example, uh, whether it can be uh, developed into the liver cancer. Uh, I haven't seen the paper report yet. Uh, there are other uh, toxicities like obesity, uh, 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 diabetes caused by this, uh, this infection by product or the endocrine disruption chemicals. But other than that, the breast cancer is a common one because breast cancer directly uh, linked to the human or animal hormones in the body. That's why uh, the breast cancer is more uh, possible uh, in terms of the, uh, endocrine disrupting chemical
5: contamination. But Dr. Yeah. Chai, correct me if I'm wrong, but the original Stanford University study in the early 90s showed yeah. that they found estrogen molecules in the uh, plastic samples as far back as the early 90s. So the endocrine disruptor factor of these uh, elements is, is not new, is it? It's been known for 30 years, and yet we're still talking about it.
9: Yes, and uh, you're right. That is no real, uh, uh, but in the previous, what we study is a real chemical, and it is still widely used.
5: So how do we reduce our exposure in simple terms, day to day?
9: Uh, we need to find a friendly, or environmental friendly, human friendly replacement. For those uh, BPS. In fact, BPS is a replacement for BPA. Uh, BPA has been uh, banned uh, in uh, uh, in human uh, some plastic plastic container, like for example, the milk container for uh, baby use uh, in many countries. But BPS, as a replacement, is still widely used. That's why we need to do another research on it. So and he- eventually, I hope we. I mean, as a chemist, uh, we need to find a better or a friendly replacement for PBS as
3: well. So, so right now, I mean, there are other types of plastic available on the market. Which plastic would you say is the safest? <laughs>
9: uh, no, there are many plastic are safe. Uh, actually, uh, the soft falling plastic, in the soft plastic, and. Uh, also, some plastics might um, make uh, by the agricultural uh, crops a uh, natural product that is, of course, very environmental friendly. Uh, but we need to bear in mind that the, the pesticides uh, are all chemicals, and humans are uh, a little used in the pesticides for some certain uh, plastic bottle or product. And uh, the matter is that we need to find out more friendly to human health and more friendly to the environment. This kind of uh, plasticizer uh, for uh, plastic products.
3: So, so I guess maybe sticking to glass or stainless steel might be safer yeah. then.
9: Exactly. I would strongly advise to use glass, ceramic, uh, uh, or some wood container. Uh, myself, for example, seldom use a plastic bottle. Uh, I, I would drink tea, coffee, always use the, uh, the, the, the glass or the, the, the ceramic cup.
3: Yeah. All right, so Professor Chai, we'll have to leave it there for now. Thanks again for joining us this morning. That's uh, Professor Chai chung Wei, Chair Professor of the Department of Chemistry at the Baptist University. Also, many thanks to you who commented through email and our Facebook page. And uh, thank you to Anna, of course, and Yuki, our producer. Now, um, here's the weather. It will be... Uh Cool in the morning, sunny intervals later with highs of around 20 degrees. Winds moderate northeasterlies. And the outlook, sunny intervals tomorrow, windy with a few rain patches on Friday and Saturday. Right now it's 16 degrees, relative humidity 71%.
2: Since the Hong Kong national security law came into effect, normal daily life and traffic and transport have resumed. Vandalism has ceased. And order has been restored. The Hong Kong National Security Law. From chaos to order. From order to prosperity. Ensuring one country, two systems.
3: It's 9.31. The News with Andrew Shirovsky.
2: A veterinary medicine expert says it is possible hamsters could have passed COVID to humans as the rodents are highly susceptible to the virus. Professor Nicholas osterreeder the dean of City University's Jockey Club College of Veterinary Medicine and Life Sciences, says he believes the risk is low, but the government's call order is the result of Hong Kong's zero COVID policy. The White House says Russia is ready to attack Ukraine at any point, upping its threat assessment ahead of a meeting between top U.S. and Russian diplomats. The comments come as Belarus confirmed Russian troops have started to arrive in its territory for several weeks of joint military exercises. And the U.S. telecoms giants AT&T and Verizon have agreed at the last minute to delay the rollout of new 5G mobile networks across the country. The move follows a warning from airlines that the technology could interfere with altimeters in some older aircraft, making them unsafe to fly. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Thanks, Andrew.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, you're Radio 3.
5: And a very good morning to you. It's Wednesday. Thanks very much to Janice and the team on Backchart. This is James Ross in Fulfill for One Day Only.